Hello again and welcome to the third episode of the Snooty Osher podcast. Uh, this is Dave and with me tonight is James. How are you doing, James? Hello, Dave. I'm doing, I'm doing well. I can't, I can't complain. Good, good. And it is my absolute pleasure to uh, introduce the founder of the Snooty Ushers, Mr. Dan Lauder. How are you doing, Dan? Howdy. I am good. Happy to be here, eventually. Good. <laughs> Great to have you. Great to have you. So we have just finished our second Snooty Usher film quiz of this lockdown, and it was won by a gentleman called Tom Mason. Now, Dan, I'm sure you'll remember Tom from the the days of our uh, Odeon Metro Centre film quiz. I do indeed. They had a formidable team. They sure (laughs) did. So uh, big congratulations to Tom. Um, So both of you, again, uh, took part in that quiz. So, as I say, I wrote the questions, so James and Dan um, <laughs> did not see them. So, James, where did you finish? Um, I'm, I'm getting, getting my excuses in. Um, I, I finished fifth in the end, just outside the top three. Okay. I was, uh, yeah, I was, so Dan, I was... what about you? I finished third. However, like James, I've got some excuses. <laughs> ah, right. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Did you get the question about yourself right, Dan? <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, I had a thing about it, but no, I <laughs> So, as I say, this, this New Yorkshire film quiz will take place 8 o'clock every Monday during lockdown. Um, and there was obviously a question that was related to our last podcast. Um, so, obviously, it does help to listen to us on here because there may be a couple of questions uh, that I might sneak in there for next week. So, um, it's been a week since we've all uh, been together. And as I say, being together, we're obviously respecting the laws of distancing, sitting in our own houses. Um, but James, what have you watched uh, during this week of lockdown? Well, I've um, I've put in <laughs> I've put in a good few hours watching the old TV uh, this week. Um, one one of the one of the films one of the first films I watched actually after the after the last podcast was a was a was one that, that Richard actually re- had recommended on the very first podcast, um, the, the platform. Um, I, I, Dan, I don't know if you've seen that as well. I th- actually I think Rich might have got that recommendation off you. Um, it's it's basically a, a Spanish horror film. Um, a bit of social commentary on there, a bit high concept. Um, basically, someone's locked in a in a prison, and they only get fed once a day with a a massive table of food that goes that goes down through the prison, and you only get a certain amount of time to eat. Um, and it, it's a it's a very interesting film. I really enjoyed it. Um, it kind of nails its ending as well. Um, it a lot of a lot of these sort of high concept films will sometimes give up on the uh, on the idea and sort of trade off a little bit but this was really um it really delivers on kind of what you want um some bits of it bits of it are a bit heavy-handed with its uh social commentary but um yeah it, it's an enjoyable i'd say 90 minutes i guess um but yeah it's definitely one that i'd recommend uh, the platform cool. anything um, else uh, i also um w- w- the, the film that i i kind of recommended from last week was a uh, girl on the third floor ah, um, yes. and i actually got around to watching it this week um it's it's uh, cm punk um, renovating a house for his family to move into, um, and basically the house has got secrets, and and he's got secrets. Um, it again, it's it's kind of a horror film, but it's more just a, a kind of bit of a gory, grimy kind of film. Um, there's uh, there's quite a few films reminiscent of the um, of the Evil Dead, with um with Ash with like Bruce Campbell's face getting splattered by blood in the Evil Dead. There's quite a few scenes of CM Punk getting um, various liquids splattered on his face through the film. Um, and yeah, yeah, it, it, it's all right. It's a, uh, it, it's not not great. You, you can see why CM Punk hasn't had a massive acting career, but he's not bad in the film. Uh, it, it's it's a 
it's a decent enough sort of horror film. Um, yeah, I, I recommend that. That's a girl on the floor. That's on Netflix. Um, something on Amazon Prime that I watched. Um, I haven't mentioned this to you, Dave, since. Um, I hope this isn't getting you trouble. But um, I watched the uh, the uh, Morgan Spurlock documentary, Super Size Me 2. Oh, um, right. Which is where he basically takes on the the fast food chicken uh, industry. Um, ah, yes. He, 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 kind of, he kind of goes to set up his own um, chicken restaurant. And it's it kind of deals with the... Kind of the process he has to go through. It's it is quite it's quite interesting from that point of view. Um, it does get a bit he- it gets pretty heavy handed in the middle where it, it's it's quite an interesting different type of film from Super Size Me. Um, and then it then does cover a lot of the same ground that we've kind of seen before. But it, it does have a very interesting ending anyway. Uh, so that's a a document that's on Amazon Prime. Super Size Me Two. Um, I think it's called so Chicken. If anyone didn't get that, the reference, I am the manager of a famous uh, fast food chicken restaurant. So I shall certainly be checking that out mm-hmm. at some point this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else quickly? or um, There's um, oh, so there's, there's, one, uh, there's one sitcom that I want to mention. Well, sorry, sitcom, like a comedy a comedy show. It's on um, it's on UK TV Play, which isn't something that we've kind of mentioned so far. It's got, that's got a lot of a lot of pretty good British comedy on, on, that, on the app. Um, and it's a show called Meet the Richardsons. Um, right now, I, I'd only seen the um, I'd only seen the trailer for it or adverts for it, and I thought it was it's John Richardson and his, and his wife uh, Lucy Beaumont, and I thought it was like one of them is like a reality TV show following them in their you know showbiz sub showbiz <laughs> kind of life. Um, yeah, I, that's what I thought it was. Is that not what it is? It's not. It's, it's actually it's actually a scripted version of that. Um, All right. Okay. With John Richardson. Basically, being a, a miserable, miserable git, uh, he calls himself that plenty of times throughout the throughout the throughout the show. Um, and yeah, it, it's actually really entertaining. It's all six episodes are on um, UK TV to watch, a UK TV play, um, to watch in the minute. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd really enjoyed it. It kind of flew by as well. Um, so that's one that I would meet the Richardsons um, on UK TV play. Excellent, Dan. What about you? How have you been passing the hours since the cinema closed? Uh, well, watching films has been the main one, or trying to write them in my vain efforts of delusions of grandeur. Uh, <laughs> I've yeah, I've watched a lot of films, and I've had to start keeping a track of them because there's been so many, and a lot of them. Right, well, give, give, give us three highlights. Three highlights from this. <laughs> three highlights this week. Right. Well, uh, I, re- I recently tweeted about this today. I watched a Japanese film called Tag last night, which uh, which platform is that on? It's on Amazon Prime. Surprisingly, it's only 85 minutes long, so if you want something short and sweet, I mean, it's an experience. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I can give it a brief synopsis, but I'll try my best. Uh, <laughs> it, it follows a, It starts off with a, a schoolgirl who is on a bus trip into school, and out of nowhere, everyone starts getting cut in half by an mis- invisible wind force that you don't know what it is. Then she ends up progressing through the film, finding herself in increasingly weirder scenarios. Sometimes there's different people, looks like different people. And I, and I, I didn't know what was going on until the last five minutes. And even then I had to go to Wikipedia of all places <laughs> to try and find out what was going on. Uh, but it was, it was a horror fan. There was a lot of ridiculous violence. I laughed numerous parts. Wasn't sure if I was supposed to. Uh, but there was, there was about a solid 20 minutes of the film. If you put them all together of just people running. 
<laughs> Which <laughs> I, I eventually becomes like there should be a drinking game involved with it. <laughs> uh, you get Excellent. exhausted pretty quickly. Uh, the best one I've watched this week is uh, something that's been on my list for a while is Captain Fantastic, starring right. Viggo Mortensen. Uh, oh yes, it's a beautiful, beautiful film with some absolutely fantastic acting from a lot of faces who uh, will be familiar to a lot of people uh, from films old and new. Uh, Viggo Mortensen's helped ably by George McKay, who was in 1917 this year and was absolutely oh, fantastic yes. in that. Uh, he got robbed of every award nomination going this mm-hmm. year. Uh, Annalise Basso was in it. Uh, she was seen in Oculus. Uh, and oh, Nicholas yeah. Hamilton, who is most famously probably been in the it, it Chapter 1 and 2 as Henry Bowers, the evil oh, right. yes. wants to stab all the, the loser club. Uh, no, it's, it's a beautiful film about a father who he's been living in the wilderness. He's keeping his family out there and he has to be, due to family circumstances he has to bring his children into the whole wild world as they haven't known it uh, and it's a really it's just a really well executed film and i would thoroughly recommend it to everybody hmm. that is on netflix i don't know i don't think it got any oscar nominations I'm sure he. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, I may be wrong though, because uh, as a as a massive film fan, I, I am rubbish on Oscars, so I could be wrong. And finally, what's your final recommendation? Final recommendation. Well, it's certainly not Amityville Horror Three. Uh, <laughs> I th- I watched on. This is on Shudder, uh, which I mean, it really shouldn't be because it's not a horror film of any kind. But I watched this. Hong Kong film called Trivisa, which stars some very famous uh, faces from Chinese acting like Gordon Lam and Richie Wren. And it's about three mobsters or high level sort of criminals who are operating their own different scams. And there's an idea for them to get all together. And it's about them building towards that. Uh, I don't want to say much else to give anything away, but it was, it was well acted. Uh, with some great acting by some great Chinese actors. Shudder, which is an offshoot of Amazon Prime, correct? Uh, Shudder's its own entity, which you can get through Amazon Prime, much cool. like Stars Play and uh, Arrow Video. All right, cool. So I, as uh, regular listeners will know, I am going to be a bit more mainstream um, than both Dan and even James. <laughs> I've kind of been delving into um, so Disney Plus a little bit. Um, I have been watching the Clone Wars cartoon, which uh, about just about finished the first season, and it's brilliant. Like for a Star Wars fan, it kind of fleshes out the universe. Um, really, really entertaining. Um, I finally caught a film that was on my list from last year um, called Knives Out, uh, directed by uh, Ryan Johnson. Um, which uh, I, I love a kind of um, like who done it anyway, and this is a very kind of almost sort of Agatha Christie style setup in like a big country family, a quirky detective and everything. Um, brilliant cast, brilliant script, and it, it just kept me guessing to the very end. And there, there's one sort of MacGuffin 
that she's looking at her phone screen all the way through and I'm saying to Kelly all the way through, I'm going, that's got something to do with it. That's got something to do with it. Um, and I, will, I won't spoil whether it does have anything to do with it, but um, it, it's, just, it's just a visual treat um, and well recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably the thing that I've enjoyed the most this week, now, other than film, my other uh, great love is uh, football. Um, and on the BBC Scotland channel, which you can get through iPlayer for all my English friends, um, is a documentary called Scotland 78, A Love Story. Um, <laughs> well, if you could cast your minds back to 1978, um, Scotland were heading to the World Cup, um, believe it or not, as one of the favourites to win it. Now, as crazy as that sounds, today um, we had one of the best teams in the world at that point. Um, and we actually thought that uh, Scotland were going to win the World Cup. Um, history has since taught us that we did not, um, and that the tournament was an absolute shambles from start <laughs> to finish. Um, and this takes a very loving look at um, Ali McLeod, who was the manager at the time, uh, through the players' eyes, through the fans' eyes, and a, a real journey um, as to what went wrong and just how much went wrong. Now, obviously, I was only two, but my dad talks about it. And, and how much like he expected to win and stuff, but I did not. Even I, as a massive Scotland fan, did not realise just how badly wrong it went. Um, and this tells a really good story. So it's on iPlayer until April nineteenth, um, and it's a must. Not just for any Scottish football fan, but I think a football fan in general. Uh, it's a really lovely documentary. So uh, I would go with uh, Scotland seventy eight, a love story. Yeah, I am. Um, oh. I uh, I really enjoyed that as well, Dave. Um, I thought, oh, excellent. I thought the, the stories from the fans were were just were just like, unbelievable. And in fact, but part of me wanted to know more about the fans and less about the actual football. Well, um, yeah, you, but, you totally get involved yeah, with them, don't you? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a there's a group. So, uh, like 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 Dave says, anyone who's a fan of football, anyone who's ever followed any sort of team, will kind of understand. Um, or maybe not quite the extremes they go to, but it's like a group of people, a group of people who who decide to to fly to Trinidad and Tobago, isn't it? Yeah. And then <laughs> realise that it's like yeah, 20,000 pl- miles away. Yeah. Yeah. The, the plan is to then drive in a, in a, like a coach from the very northeastern tip of South America all the way down <laughs> across, all the way across South America, all the way down. And, and I, I, maybe I missed it, but it, 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 you, they kind of like touch in with them at the beginning and then you don't really hear from them again do you i kind of want to hear no. more about their story of like that was that yeah. almost could have been documentary in itself like how, how on earth they kind of like managed to do that um and there's another guy who, who sells his butcher's shop to go to go to to go to argentina um it's yeah it's a it's a really really good documentary we're really well put together and you, you think that, that there's no way that that would happen nowadays yeah but... yeah and I think that's part of the fun, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. I think like, the crazy thing is like the, the, Ali McLeod, the manager, was so confident. Yeah, yeah. That like they didn't have a team's watched, and there was like there's a point where we're two <laughs> one down, we're two one down to Peru, and um, they've got a free kick, and uh, like I think it was Bruce Bruce Rioch, He says, "Well, Ruffy, who was the goalkeeper, he comes over to me and asks." Do you know if this guy can hit a free kick or not? <laughs> it's like that's the first time he's asked it. Like you know, not like in the months beforehand. You yeah, know? yeah. But, um, it's, uh, but it has to be seen to be believed. Yeah. It definitely has yeah. a it's, it's, it's a lovely documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so in the last podcast, we decided basically because I was too scared to watch Kill <laughs> on the Third Floor pretty much, um, that we would go away and watch um, Spencer Confidential, which is the new Mark Wahlberg um, 
collaboration with director Peter Berg. Now, Dan, you weren't on the last podcast, so I understand you haven't seen this, so I apologise um, in advance for this. But, so, right, um, I, I can pretend to. <laughs> Well, to be honest, if you've ever seen a private detective movie in the last <laughs> 10 years, it's probably fill in the blanks. Um, so just a bit of background, um, Spencer Confidential is based on the character Spencer from the Robert B. Parker novels of the 70s. Um, if you are as old as I am, um, you will remember uh, a TV show in the 80s called Spencer for Hire, um, which was was based on those books. Um, the author, Robert B. Parker, has since died around 2010, and the amazingly named Ace Atkins has taken the character and brought him into the 21st century um, and obviously reimagined the books for a more modern audience. Now, this film, Spencer Confidential, is based on the Ace Atkins uh, character rather than the original one, so I imagine... You sort of the, the gender politics have been tidied up slightly, and his uh, his slick sidekick, who was played by Captain Cisco in the TV series, um, or Avery Brooks, as he's known to his mother, <laughs> um, who was a very kind of slick guy in a made-to-measure suit, has been replaced by Winston Duke's MMA ex-con. Um, so, James, what do we think of Spencer Confidential? Well, um. I uh, I thought it was t- t- to be honest. I thought it was it was a it was a decent film. It was decent. There was um, uh, Win- Winston Duke was was really good in the role. He was a kind of the sidekick. Um, there's sort of like things about him eat really carefully, and uh, there's some some nice uh, interplay with him at the beginning. Um, uh, Alan Arkin in it as well. He's like the the mentor who picks him up when he he, he comes out of jail at the beginning. Um, and obviously, you, you, you kind of want to see more of them. To be honest, um, I'd, I'd I'd watch a a sequel of them before the Mark Wahlberg character before Spencer gets out of jail. I'd watch a uh, I watch a whole film. Uh, like an just... origin story for them. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, do you know? Do you know? I mean, I think for me, like Mark Wahlberg's like being desperate to get a franchise. Yes. You yeah. know, like so if you look back at stuff like Mile Eight or even for as far back as Shooter. You know, he's like he yes, just wanted yeah. to play a character that could become like like a sequel where he can play yeah. him for a period of time and stuff. Yeah. And it, it just never really seems to work for him. And as much as I would want this to work, I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. Um it just it just kind of miss it was just missing something. Do you know yeah, what I think? Yeah. Like as great as it was like the, the the Winston Duke character, Hawk, as he was mm-hmm. awesomely yes, known yeah, as yeah, yeah. he's like just didn't really seem fleshed out. I mean, it was great. You saw him eating really well, and he wanted an MMA mm-hmm. career. Then they sort of alluded to the fact that he was an ex-con, was, but yeah. didn't really go into it any, mm-hmm. did they? And, no, no, no. And then, like at the end, when he's like, when Mark Wahlberg's sitting in the hospital bed, and like he sat beside him, I'm like, when did he get hurt? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. he didn't even see the bit where he got in. You yeah. know, it just yeah. it just seemed like it edited down to fit a slicker runtime. You know, the- you know, it felt like there was more there. Yeah, there was so there's a bit when um so one of the one of the things that that really stands out that isn't like every other film is every other sort of detective film you've probably seen and um, the one thing that is kind of different that maybe it will be the calling card if this is a this is a franchise um is that, that Spencer that Mark Wahlberg gets beaten up a lot in this film yes it's like even by a dog yeah, at one point yeah. doesn't it and and so what I was gonna say there's a bit when when he when he <laughs> um there's a little bit I, I don't know if there's a hot fuzz reference but there's a bit when he he chases some someone. And he has to 
take has to take a shortcut over over some uh, over some garden garden fences. Um, I don't know if that is a Hopfuls reference. Um, but the, um, the 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 bit when he then gets he gets in a, in a, an argument with a dog, um, and then he comes back to Hawk and he's saying, "Oh, didn't you have my back?" sort of thing in that. And he he basically ran away from Hawk, and Hawk doesn't know what happened with the dog. But yeah, so how like, exactly? It's, it's kind of, just... I don't. It felt like there was something something was cut then from that kind of part of the film, but it was. Yeah, it, 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 I it, thought it, some, it, some of the fight scenes felt that like they were they were really badly cut together. It was like like one minute he's do you know there was like the, the bit at the end when he when he's, he he goes up against the sort of big bad guy. Yeah, it was like it was like the end of Lethal Weapon. Like you know when yes, when Mel Gibson yeah. got Gary Busey and he, yeah. he just says. You want a shot at the title, and they just have a fight. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, there's no point of you having yeah, a fight yeah. now. It's like, and like that was fine in 1989 or yeah, whenever Michael yeah. Weapon came out, but it's 2020 now. You know, yeah. it's things feel that they should have moved on. And I think the other thing that felt like it was from a different era was his girlfriend. Yes, yeah, that was... you know that sort of mouthy Bostonian. It's like that's yeah. been done to death, man, and yeah. like and done a hundred times better as well. You yeah, know, like, um, she she wasn't really she didn't really have any characteristics apart from being like you can tell that they've kind of it's almost like they've included because she's got a Boston accent she can do a Boston then, accent like, so that was kind of then, it. Then you've got your Mark Wahlberg and he, he he's a really likable character like Spence you just like mm-hmm. him from the start because he's so honourable yeah. and everything like that and you're like you're so easy going and nice you, like why would you put up with her yes like, yeah you know like why would you because she's so abrasive and horrible yeah um but. I, don't, I wanted to like it. I really, really, really did. Mm-hmm. Like, and I enjoyed it because I love Mark Wahlberg so mm-hmm. much. But I think at the end, I just was like, "No, you're not going. We're not going to get a Spencer Confidential two out of this." I don't think so. No. So. And I, th- I think maybe that's the maybe they. I, I always think when when people do try and set up a franchise, and there's, there's a bit of the very very end, which is like, "Oh come on, oh come on, don't don't Aye. like finish your story. Don't just don't just like. Oh, by the way, if you're interested, look at this." Um, yes, there's a potential for a sequel yeah, here. You like, I mean, it's not it, it's not organic at all. It's literally just stabbed onto the end of the film, just bolted onto the end of the film totally. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I am. Um, it, it's not. It's not a bad. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely not a bad film. It's just, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's new. It's, it's it's new. It's a new action kind of yeah. detective film. That's, that's well, he, no, he, he's not a private detective. I mean, quite clearly, he's not a private detective halfway through for some reason. Um, yeah, well, because he can't be because yeah. he's an ex-con or yeah. something, isn't it? They made that. Yeah, um, which, is, which is a weird, like, which is a weird, I just thought it was a really weird plot point to make in the middle of this sort of film. You know, really stick to, like, the the legal 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 uh, rules for, for being a, a PI. Um, but, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's totally fine. It, it'll pass a couple of hours if you want to, if you want to watch it. Um, but it's not something to to seek out yeah, specifically. Yeah, Right. So Dan, based on based on our <laughs> volume recommendations, will you be leaving us to go and watch Spencer Confidential? Uh, it's a difficult decision, but <laughs> I'm probably gonna have to say maybe. Maybe. What if I told you that halfway through, like he's running through a street, and then this wind just starts cutting characters in half? Would that would that make it sound? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I didn't know I was getting into that with tag, so <laughs> it's not necessarily a hard sell that. Uh, I might give it a watch. I really like Winston Duke. Uh, he yes. had some He's good, good roles in Black Panther and Us, mm-hmm. and he could he has like the potential to really break out. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, I, or, or as I called him on the last podcast, Clark Duke. Um, 
and Clark Duke is the little guy with the curly hair from Hot Tub Time Machine, so you can't get much further away from him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Okay, so that is expensive confidential. Just very quickly before we go into our main topic. Um, the, first of all, today's uh, sad news that Honor Blackman passed away at the age of, what, 93, I think she was? Yes, I think, yeah, 94 maybe, yeah. That's a good yeah, so that's, Yeah, so very... Uh, very, very sad about that. Obviously, Goldfinger. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, if everybody's honest, particularly people of sort of my age and a, and a bit younger, will probably know her more from the sort of 80s slash 90s um, ITV sitcom, The Upper Hand. Yeah, um, that was a... Where she played, she played the mother-in-law, didn't she? Yes, yeah. But... Uh, but I think Gold, I think Goldfinger should always be pussy galore for film fans, wouldn't she? So uh, we, I'm raising my cup of tea right now to to honour Blackman. May he rest in peace. Who are you? My name is Pussy Galore. I must be dreaming. And um, the other thing that was announced today that we noticed was that uh, announced uh, the revised Phase oh, Four yes, slate. Yeah. Or uh, their Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. uh, Black Widow being moved from it was due to be out right about now. Dan, was it? It was due to come out in the first of May, and uh, then it got pushed yeah. until November. Was the last I'd heard. Yeah, so November sixth is uh, the date it's been given, mm-hmm. um, which has sub- subsequently pushed everything else back. So I'm going to run through them really quickly. Okay, so Black Widow is now moved to the sixth of November this year. Um, which pushes everything else back. So if you'll just indulge me now. So we're looking at uh, Eternals, which is now February 21. Uh, the new Spider-Man film is staying in June 2021, despite the fact that it's not even in pre-production yet, which seems ambitious. Um, the new Doctor Strange film um, has gone to November 21. Uh, the Thor 4, February 2022. Black Panther 2, May 2022, and Captain Marvel 2 in July 2022. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think uh, we're cramming, what, six or seven films into the space of about, what, 20 months? Yeah. I think even for Marvel, that's quite ambitious, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's strange to see some of the... I think it's it has, like you said, it's basically just knocked everything on, well, one or maybe two sort of, like, release slots down the, down the line. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting to see that um, uh, things like like the Eternals in a February slot. Um, yeah. Uh, the it, it's kind of like is is that is that going to give it a bigger audience or is that is it going to because I think that was nearly finished I think. Um, so yeah. that's, is is that going to be is is that going to be is that going to do better or is is it actually is it going to is it still going to find an audience sort of then? Um, I think. They put Black Panther out in February, and obviously that was yes. maybe a little bit of a gamble, and it, mm-hmm. it paid off big time mm-hmm. for many reasons. Uh, so that if they capitalise on the sort of February half-term periods or holiday mm-hmm. periods that got across the world, then I think it'll be mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. It's a better gamble going in February, I think, than having it originally in November, because in yeah. you release your film in November, you've got a couple of weeks of solid business, but then you get drowned out by the Christmas movies, and you hope that you're still playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, when it comes out in February, you are guaranteed to be running in cinemas until about April. <laughs> so you're also looking now Black Widow in that November 6th slot. Now, it's about a week before the revised James Bond date, is that correct, give or take? Yes, that's uh, in yes. the ballpark of where James Bond is coming out. Yeah, one yeah. week before, no time to die. 
Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's, so that's a, that's a gamble. It is a, it is a risky one, isn't it? The um, what, one of the things, old Dan, you did mention about Christmas sort of films. There weren't, there weren't, there wasn't like a big Christmas blockbuster scheduled for like Christmas twenty twenty. So I think Black Widow and uh, it's all gone. From, it's gone from like being a, a slightly quieter end of the year to being a quite a blockbuster. I mean, obviously the Eternals was there for November, but it's not. But Black Widow is definitely a a bigger property than uh than uh, than the Eternals was, and I think it could be it could be a very interesting month november 2020 at the box office definitely for two films that don't right. that, that weren't kind of planned to be there also landing in the within the space of a week um i wonder if they slightly revised the obviously there is a little bit of we need to get these films out <laughs> in in the cinema and yeah. the mc <laughs> mcu isn't going to stop for 18 months while they realign everything so they do have to yeah, well, kind of have to release it in yeah. the next slot but i think i think it's definitely it's very interesting to see how how like like then looking down further down the line um, like all the Thor films have always been November kind of releases. I, th- I think so. I think so. Anyway, um, uh, well, I, I, well, definitely, definitely, um, Ragnarok was anyway. It's it's quite interesting to see how that'll play in February. It's kind of a different time of the year, sort of thing. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's just interesting how like how uh, personally for me for a long time I've kind of had that feeling of oh this property isn't going to do well for, for Marvel. I thought I honestly thought that Guardians of the Galaxy. Was, yeah, well, I think we all and, did. And, and I've, I've said it before on the on the Snoot Yush, on the Snoot Yush's website when we ranked the the Marvel films. Um, I thought that that was that was the one that was too far. It was too it was too strange. It was too it wasn't well known enough. And it was actually for a long time it was my favorite one of the entire entire yeah. series. And it was one of the most popular ones as well. And some of the most popular characters came from it as well. So all of these films, well, so not all of them. Obviously, Doctor Strange is a bit established. Thor and obviously Spider Man still a tentpole. Um, but the net, like a couple of these films aren't kind of as big properties as 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 um as, as other sort of Marvel ones, and this could be interesting to see how they perform at the box office with with this slight rejigging, and who who knows what happened with the actual production of the films as well. I factor in the fact that you've you've got the Fast Nine, you've got Wonder Woman, you've yes. got like all the other stuff that mm-hmm. was supposed to come out and hasn't, and uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting. Uh, when you guys open your doors again, I think it's certainly <laughs> going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting situation. Mm-hmm, um, but yeah, so we will watch that with interest, I think. So uh, right, so our main topic of uh, of this podcast is um, the term that neither of it or none of us really like <laughs> is uh, guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was James. This was your idea. So if you want yes, to kind of flesh this out was, a bit for us, yeah. So it was. Um, so one of thing. One of the other things that I was watching this week was. Um, was uh, the uh, the Netflix baking show um, nailed it? Um, season four of that came out um, during the week, and um, I unashamedly love that film. Um, and I thought this is the sort of film, that, sorry, a, a TV series. It's the kind of thing that would would be described as a guilty pleasure. However, I don't think that you should be you should feel guilty about anything that anything that, that entertains you at all. Um, so I, I don't really like that phrase. However, um, it, it kind of fits to kind of I had this idea of. What what are the guilty 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 pleasures that we have when it comes to TV? But but actually actually films is kind of what we were thinking about for, for this podcast. So um so the, there were obviously there's a, there's a lot of films that you enjoy that that are kind of campy or occult films. That's not really what we're looking for. Here. It's kind of the films that 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 we know aren't good, but that we enjoy them anyway. Um and and for me uh, there was one film that kind of. That stands out head and shoulders that 
that, that is that that I know it's not a good film. I know it's a, I know I know it's an actively terrible film, but it's um <laughs> it's a uh, it's no holds barred. The um the <laughs> the uh, the Hulk Hogan um late eighties uh, action film where basically Hulk Hogan plays Hulk Hogan just with a different name and um, different wearing different colors. Um, and it's basically he's a he's the he's the WWF champion, uh, and a rival um, TV network tries to sign him away. Um, uh, Kurt Fuller in full on pantomime mode, um, basically is the is the executive who's trying to turn him away, uh, trying to get him away from his uh, his contract. Um, uh, Hulk Hogan, oh sorry, Rip, obviously won't sign this this contract. So <laughs> instead, they get they launch they launch a TV show called called Battle of the Tough Guys um, and a a tough guy called Zeus an ex-con who killed someone in the ring because he just can't control himself he kind of like and he's played by Tiny Lister who turned up in oh, um, yes. turned up in Jackie Brown as the uh, as the bail agent um, he basically is he becomes the champion of this Battle of the Tough Guys and and eventually Hulk Hogan has to be has to take him on in a winner takes all match and it's uh, it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. But so I, I just, why why I just did, why it. do you love it so much? If, if is it because it harks back to your love of wrestling, or or the, the the fact that there isn't that many films about wrestling in the first place? Or so so the thing is, because I love wrestling, I know that this isn't what wrestling's like. There's no, there's, it has like no, it has no kind of like semblance of anything that I've ever seen in a ring. Well, apart from maybe this weekend at WrestleMania. Um, there's um there's no kind of like uh realism to it at all in any kind of way um rip uh, the hulk Hogan character <laughs> he, he wears his ring gear all all the time like he, go, he goes to a board, board meeting wearing the ring gear he he, he goes he goes out for a meal um wearing his ring gear um <laughs> there's when his brother's in hospital <laughs> he's there and he's in his ring gear wearing his like his weightlifter's gloves while he's uh, holding his brother's hand when he's in a coma. Uh, it's just, um, it's, it's absolutely, it's so ludicrous and over the top. Um, there's a bit when when they're in a cafe and there's a an armed robbery takes place, um, and he stops it by throwing pies at the uh, at the armed robber. Um, the scene Spencer Confidential, which um, which also involves uh, a robbery in a in a food restaurant in a restaurant and. Um, Imagine that, but literally, literally with custard pies being thrown. Um, I, I, it, it's, it's I, like I said, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I don't believe in so bad it's good. Um, but this film just, just appeals to the. I was going to say the inner child, like literally, like the, the six-year-old inside me who still loves Hulk Hogan. Basically, is what is is why I I genuinely like genuinely love this film. There we go. So that is it. the first one. Dan, have you got anything to match? Hold, no holds barred? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I should skirt around my usual familiar territory that was uh, put in the questions of the quiz. I, would step I, up think, I think you have to, mate. I, think you know, you. Uh, I do have more guilty pleasures being a horror fan. But I know I'll, I'll, I'll start with Step Up. Now, Step Up isn't the whole franchise. I would like to get that out of the way first and foremost. <laughs> I, do, I don't condone Step Up 5. I, don't, <laughs> I can't say Step Up 4 is something that I particularly enjoyed. But I did like Step Up to the streets, you know? <laughs> yes, indeed. As, yes. as Dave likes to point out, I once said, it's because I like dancing. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, the, the dancing is fun. I mean, I don't know how you can watch that film and not be entertained by the dancing. 
Yes. I, do you know what? I, I agree with you, which is probably why I like Josh you so much about it. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a really it's a silly, enjoyable film with a really, really good uh, soundtrack. And, and is it Moose who plays the, the, uh, the sidekick character to Brianna Evergan? Yes. Uh, he, with his big perm, like he's a fun guy to watch. And the end dance, like act, the whole choreography in that, it's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I just like to see, I just like it when you see you like dancing. Just, uh, <laughs> just makes me laugh, which I enjoy. Um, well, for me, um, like always, my, I always call my ultimate guilty pleasure. It doesn't really qualify for the, the whole thing when you know it's bad because this is actually really good. Um, I just, I just love Pitch Perfect. Like for me, like it is that is one of my all-time favorite films. And like with every other film I like, it doesn't really sit with them. I think that's probably <laughs> why I put it in the guilty pleasure section. Now, the sequels, second one's okay. The third one's diabolical. But um, the just the, the first Pitch Perfect film is one of those films that, regardless of, you know what can I mood them in, I would I would sit and watch it and it always makes me feel better by the end. And I think um I don't suppose it does qualify for a guilty pleasure because it is actually really good. Um I just it's more of one of those it's uh it's not a film you would think I like or <laughs> I do. Uh, so yeah and I, I I do um I do love Anna Kendrick. I just think she's quite a fantastic lady. Um <laughs> and uh, Wilson is a really gifted comedian like there's yes. just there's no getting around it she's just funny um and like she's just so comfortable with herself as well which makes her so easy to watch um and um yeah so uh, pitch perfect and to a lesser extent pitch perfect three and to absolutely no extent uh sorry pitch perfect two to a lesser extent and to absolutely no extent pitch perfect three mm-hmm. um so yeah so that is my first entry which doesn't really count given you <laughs> the rules you laid out james but yeah I'll have it anyway. Yeah. So, um, both both of you've mentioned kind of like, um, f- oh, well, I don't think class three films as a franchise, but films where the the quality has definitely gone down as as the as the as the sequel numbers have gone up. Um, and and my again, we'll, we'll use the phrase guilty pleasure. Um, so I, I I know that the later films in this franchise are 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 actively bad. They're they're actively, um almost almost unwatchable they're kind of like this there's some very sleazy sort of overtones to them there's some very um i, I, I don't want to say racist because that that seems like it seems like lazy to say that but there's some some very broad stereotypes are kind of used in them um but again I, the 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 first film in the franchise is something that that appeals to the uh, I'll, I'll say the 12 year old james rather than the the six-year-old james of a of right. okay so we're moving um, up we're yes. Up. Yes. So, um, uh, it is. It's the um, it's it's the first Transformers film. Um, right, I just, okay. I just, as in the first Transformers film, as in the first Michael Bay Transformers yes, film, yeah. and not the, the, the yeah the, the the Michael Bay Transformers film. Sadly, there wasn't a franchise right. for Star uh, Transformers the movie. Unfortunately, no, no, it's it's correct. A, the, yeah, no, that was that 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 was that that, that was a. a a film that I had on on tape, which also had the Flintstones meet the Jetsons, and it had WrestleMania Seven on it for some reason. It was a long long play tape. I don't, I don't know why we had it. Um, so a bizarre kind of three things that me and my sister watched over and over again. 
Um, but yeah, the, the first Transformers film, um, I just and I, I, I and that's a film that I know that I know that I shouldn't like it. I know that I should want them to be more like the 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 cartoon, more more, more like the, the the childlike kind of thing. And and kind of Bumblebee goes Bumblebee eventually went some way to sort of like getting back there. But the first Transformers film, um, it's just daft enough. It doesn't take itself seriously like like the other films do. There's no horrific war imagery used like there is in the in the later ones, which just feels so out of place. Um, but yeah, Michael Michael Bay's Transformers. Um, I think it's because also it's more it's more Spielberg influence than the later ones had. So I think it's more it's it's almost fifty fifty Spielberg and uh, and Michael Bay, whereas the latter ones are definitely Michael Bay films. Um, I just remember yeah, from, from 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 the very first um, trailer that I ever saw of it, where it was like the that that Mars um, the satellite that landed on Mars and got lost. They basically did it like a, a fake trailer of it of it being attacked by a by a transformer. Um, from there, um, I saw it in the cinema with um, uh, an, an, a card that lets you see unlimited films. Um, I, uh, I I saw that. I, I used that to see it over that summer, like a good. A good half a dozen times. I'm, I'm. Oh well, that's it. I'm not embarrassed to say it, but it's a film that I've seen most in the cinema. Um, me and my friend Jamie used to go and see it. Literally, literally every Tuesday we set off work, we'd, we'd go and see it, and then go and see actual films we want to see. Um, but yeah, it's just the film. Um, and I, I suppose I think I watched it again recently, and and Shia LaBeouf, having seen what he's done since, oh well, maybe it's since the most recent, very most recent films that he's done. I enjoy him a lot more in Transformers than I did. It probably than I even did. I was always, yeah, I was always he's a little bit irritating, but now he's. I've seen what he can do. I'm actually, oh, that's quite that's 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 actually adds to the film. And yeah, I just I just enjoy. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. I don't, I don't think I need to defend it, but I enjoy the first Transformers film. There you go. Okay, Dan, <laughs> can you? Uh... What is it? What is your second guilty pleasure, please? Can I wrap my second one as a whole series of films? Is that allowed? Definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, as I alluded to before, I'm a horror fan. I've seen a lot of uh, bad films in my time. It goes with the territory of watching horror films. And I mean, I've I've got a lot of love, and I'll defend horror uh, for a long time, regardless of what the quality of the film is. But I think there's one sort of series that, <laughs> I mean, it it's really really bad. But uh, I can't help but love it. And that's a, a series of films, uh, the, the Leprechaun franchise, starring the, uh, the irreplaceable Warwick Davis yes. as the Leprechaun. Uh, I mean, there's, I mean, what, there's, they're not good films. I, I, I can't defend the quality of the films, <laughs> but uh, I'll defend how, how fun they can be to watch. <laughs> I mean, you've got a series of films where, I mean, I. Fast, the Fast and Furious franchise hasn't went to as many places as this has until it goes <laughs> to space. I mean, you've you've got. I'm starting off in a little country house in the first film. He ends up in Vegas by number three. He goes to space in number four. Then, then because you can't top space, he goes to the hood in number <laughs> five. And because you can't stop going into the hood, he goes back to the hood <laughs> for the sixth one. I mean, <laughs> it's nonsense. It is nonsense of the highest degree. And you've got Ice T's in there in. <laughs> Leprechaun in the hood. It's it's Jennifer Aniston's famously in the first film, which is it's the best of the the lot of them. 
and I do find it amusing, but I mean, by <laughs> no means are these films of any high pedigree. <laughs> I'm sure I would get it in the neck from the horror community, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a guilty Brilliant. pleasure. I can't you can't watch them and be like, well, that is an outstanding piece of cinema. <laughs> that, that has a lot to add to the commentary of today. <laughs> uh, no, it's just Warwick Davis going around saying silly little limericks <laughs> and smoking weed. <laughs> I think if if you ever want to so, if you ever, if you ever want to see how how badly that sort of film can go wrong, you just have to look at the um the uh, the remake that was made. Oh, it'd be a few years ago now by um by by the 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 normally the normally can't miss studio that is WWE, that is WWE Studios. Um, they they remade uh, yeah. the Leprechaun or oh, Leprechaun with um um uh, famed Irish superstar Hornswoggle in the uh in in the title role, and that's that's a, a a dreadful that's a dreadful serious take on the on the leprechaun on the leprechaun franchise and the, the weird thing is leprechaun you know there's there must be millions of stories of leprechauns and folk tales and everything but instead they decided to remake the film franchise or oh, they only made one thank thankfully um, and they decided to do it without any any humor in it at all it's a, a, t- a truly bizarre choice and it's a terrible film um so if you want to see how wrong that can go then uh, Leprechaun will be the... Well, I'm not going to recommend you watch Leprechaun, but take from me, Leprechaun, the remake, shows how badly wrong Leprechaun films could have been. They made, an, okay. they made another Leprechaun film a couple of years ago called Leprechaun Returns. Is Hornswoggle in that? No, see, that was... That, <laughs> that was a, that's a direct sequel to the first one. Um, what? And it, it has... You know the guy who... Like the farmhand who swallows the coin? And, yeah. Like, so, so he returns. So it's Jennifer Aniston's daughter um, <laughs> goes back to the original town. Um, Jennifer Aniston's character has passed on. Um, and so she goes back to her hometown on a break from college or something. And then the leprechaun comes back. So that is not a, re- a remake. It, I guess it's an attempt at a reboot. Um, but with uh, with that guy returning. Uh, so I, I remember catching it one night and I'm like, he looks like the guy from the very first one, and sure enough, so that's uh, that's well. I, I wouldn't say it's well worth catching because it was bloody terrible. <laughs> um, but so my my next choice is, is is in a very kind of similar vein to yours, Dan. I'm a big fan of um, crap sequels to <laughs> crap films, if that makes sense. Um, so the the two franchises or three franchises. Uh, to illustrate my point are um, Best of the Best, um, The Scorpion King, <laughs> and Death Race. So it's taking Best of the Best first. Now, uh, if anyone remembers Best of the Best, would have been a sort of brilliant martial arts film about the US karate team mm-hmm. who go across to Russia. It had Eric Roberts, it had Chris Penn, um, and it had a guy called Philip Wee as uh, members of this American team who go over and they fall just short and it's all a very good sporting story. Mm-hmm. Um, the sequel, Best of the Best 2, um, has Eric Roberts and Chris Penn both returning. Um, and like Chris Penn's character sadly is killed off at the start and then they've got to go on a revenge mission, which is all very well and good. Um, after that, however, there were two sequels um, <laughs> Best of the Best 3, No Turning Back, <laughs> and Best of the Best 4, Without Warning. 
Now, the only returning character is the Philip Ree character, who's like the kind of the best martial artist of any of them. And it sort of takes away from competitive karate. Um, and then the third one, no turning back, uh, he goes back to his hometown, which has been overrun by neo-Nazis. <laughs> um, and the fourth one, without warning, um, he takes on the Russian mob. So <laughs> you can see like it, the, the quality diminishes as it goes on. But uh, I remember when uh, Poundland, I bought all four of them in Poundland one day and watched them all on a day. Uh, <laughs> it, was one, it was one of the best and worst experiences of my life. Um, so the second one of that, Scorpion King, which in and of itself is a prequel to The Mummy Returns with The Rock um, sort of as the hero. Uh, there was then a series of... Uh, <laughs> so so the, the, the Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior, um, is a prequel to the prequel, <laughs> if, if you call it. And it features Randy Couture as the sort mm -hmm. of overacting bad guy, um, which is pretty bad. Um, but then you have a series of sequels to the the rock version if you're following me on this so you've got uh the scorpion king 3 battle for redemption and then the scorpion king 4 quest for power now you you again they're just daft but they're just so much fun at the same time <laughs> so like you've got people like batista billy zane yes. kimbo slice ron perlman michael bain eve torres rutger hauer and <laughs> even lou ferino all taking yeah. part in these movies. Um, so, unfortunately, there is a fifth and final instalment called Book of Souls that I have yet to watch because uh, they have not released it on Blu-ray in this country yet. Um, <laughs> so, I, I await that with interest. Um, and uh, if you'll permit me one more franchise, and that would be the Death Race franchise with Jason Statham. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, there was two prequel movies, uh, Death Race 2, and Death Race Inferno, which mm -hmm. feature Luke Goss in the lead role. Um, again, both are terrible, but both <laughs> are like, ridiculously entertaining. So mm -hmm. my uh, sort of main guilty pleasure is crap sequels <laughs> to crap films. So there we go. Yeah, there is... Um... Over to you, James. Be yeah. Beat that if you can. Yes. So, um, uh, so the... Oh, it's really weird how... how... How, how how strange is it that wrestlers play such a such a big part in all these films? I mean, you'd think they'd have Amazing, better, yeah. better choices. You think you know there's such a high high standard of films that wrestlers are normally in. Yeah, they turn up in these. Um, and I'm, I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with that with my my final choice, which is so the reason that I know I shouldn't like this film is I know that this is just a paycheck film for everyone who's in it. I know that that there are dozens of films. Well, maybe not for all of them, but there are so many different, better films for each of these actors that that I should be watching instead. But I, I just really enjoy this film, and it, it's the it's the Tooth Fairy, the um with uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson again, um, yes. again featuring, um and he he basically he's a he's a hockey goon who has had an injury, so therefore he never he never um. Became a, a proper, a proper, proper player. He, he just he becomes a goon instead. So he, he just he's he's kind of the enforcer on a team. He just takes out the opposing team's best player, and that's that's all he's good for. Um, and then he becomes the tooth fairy, basically. Um, uh, the the supporting cast is, is what really makes me know that I should I shouldn't like this film. Um, 
Ashley Judd plays kind of his the kind of love interest in it. Um, but also like like Julie Andrews and and Billy Crystal are people who work for the uh, the Tooth Fairy organization. Um, and then there's like Seth MacFarlane plays the um, plays like a a slightly rogue uh, uh, Tooth Fairy who sells him some 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 dodgy uh, dodgy magical powders that'll give him powers that he doesn't doesn't really have. Um, but the, uh, the the main reason why I love this film is um, Stephen Merchant plays his um, what was he called? He, he plays his, his caseworker, the person who's kind of like overseeing how how well the Rock can basically can be a, a tooth fairy. And there's one bit where they there's one bit where basically they're they're basically a mismatched odd couple. And there's one bit where they square up to have a fight. And and Stephen Merchant squaring up to, to Dwayne Johnson is one of my favourite parts of of, of cinema. Uh, I think it's it belongs up there with um I could have been a could have been a contender I think, um it, it's just it's just brilliant um it's it, it's a it's a film that, that took a lot of money um and it was one of the films that, that Dwayne Johnson was making when he was kind of making a lot of kids films around the time it's and I, I know it's not as good as the um the game plan and and those kind of films where there are there's like yeah, a yeah. genuine heart there's like a genuine kind of heart in it um and it's not a nasty film at all but there's it it's an absolutely forgettable film but I. I do, I just really really like it, um, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, the the tooth fairy with uh, so Dwayne the I, Rock. If Johnson. I can expand, if I can expand on my 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 last uh, choice, mm-hmm. uh, have you seen the Tooth Fairy two starring Larry the Cable Guy? <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy, isn't it? no, I've I've not seen that one. Um, maybe that's uh, one that, well, I'll, that I should look out for. Um, you should check it out. It's yeah. truly terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Dan, have you got a third and final guilty pleasure for us? Uh, I, I, this is probably the one where I'll agree with James Moore that it's maybe not so much a guilty pleasure because I, I do really enjoy it, but I, I really can't argue that it's a film of questionable quality. Is uh, Rennie Holland's seminal classic, uh, Deep Blue Sea. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, I'm a big fan of monster movies, uh, <laughs> and I've, I've had an affinity for underwater sort of marine life for a long time, like interest in it from when I was a child. So shark films, like Jaws is one of my favourite films of all time. So watching shark films, including like a trilogy such as Shark Attack, uh, <laughs> has always been of interest to me. And I, I mean, I love Deep Blue Sea from the bottom of my heart. Not mm. only does it have big sharks that are superly intelligent, it's got Samuel Jackson in it. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's not even like the hero at the end. It's LL Cool J who plays a character called Preacher. <laughs> With a bloody yes, parrot. A, like a Bible bashing yeah. cook or something, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, with a parrot on his shoulder, and he ends up stabbing <laughs> a shark in the eye with a bloody crucifix. <laughs> I mean, good lord! I mean, this it, it's nonsense. It's Rennie Harlan at its at his finest, <laughs> and this is the guy who did uh, Nightmare on Street Four, four I think, when he went yes. went really really wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of people have seen Dead Blue Sea. It's not necessarily something that's hidden. So a hidden gem. But if you haven't seen it, I, I thoroughly recommend watching yeah. it because I can't imagine the CGI is dated very well at all. <laughs> and if, if you want to see what stuff like Peter Sarsgaard and Sammy Jackson used to get up to in the early two thousands, <laughs> it's Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Well, actually, Dan, I, I'm not sure if you've uh, if you've seen the two thousand and eight classic uh, Deep Blue Sea two. Um, <laughs> so it's like the uh, cable guy in it as well. <laughs> yeah, it's not, the most famous person in it is a guy who used to be in ER. Um, but uh, his name is Michael Beach. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I even I haven't seen that crap sequel. So <laughs> I, just, I just knew there was one. Uh, 
I have heard but, of it. Uh, uh, I've not had the pleasure of watching it. Uh, I can't imagine I'll be allowed the pleasure of watching it, to be honest. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. So to finish this out, my final choice um, is... Um, so having a having an eight-year-old daughter, uh, you can probably see where this is going. Now, um, she watches a lot of kind of Disney Channel uh, original stuff. And uh, a, a guilty pleasure of mine is going to be Descendants and its two sequels. Um, just it's it's utterly nonsense. So the the, the <laughs> premise is that um, all the sort of princes and princesses live on the, in this city called Oradon, um, and all the baddies in the Disney universe all live on this island called the Island of the Lost, and uh, the basically it all centers around the descendants of all your favorite Disney characters like Beauty and the Beast and Ursula, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the Beast's son is about to become the king, and he decides he's going to bring four kids from the Island of the Lost to the Oradon Prep, which is the high school there. So you've got um, uh, the son of Jafar, the son of Cruella de Vil, the daughter of the evil queen from Snow White, and this uh, the daughter of Maleficent. Um, and there's loads of singing and dancing, Dan, you'd love it. Um, and uh, it's just, I mean, it's it's poor. It's the guy who directed, his name's Kenny Ortega, who did, like, High School Musical and all these things. Um, but the songs are really catchy, the dance numbers are really good. And um, I think it, it, there's nothing better than than watching something with your kid and seeing just how into it they are. I mean, it must have been how, what my dad felt like when he watched me watching Star Wars, you know, and watching Cara get up and dancing along with it and everything. So um, and they're not good so at all. Like you know, other than the dance numbers, like they're not good. Um, but they're most definitely a guilty pleasure of mine. So if you have Disney Plus. Uh, check out Descendants and Descendants 2 and at the end of April, Descendants 3 um, and uh, thank me later. So there we go. And I think that brings us to the end of our Guilty Pleasure Roundup. It does. I want to amend something. However, okay, I just realised yeah. I, I said Peter Sarsgaard was in Deep Blue Sea. He wasn't. It was uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård, yes. Deep Blue sea, I'm, not Peter yeah, I'm remembering that wrong because I don't remember. I don't remember a minute, but but don't worry, so like on our first podcast, um uh, James said that uh Benedict Cumberbatch played Khan in Star Wars. So uh, <laughs> and I and in the last podcast I mistook Winston Duke for Clark Duke. So um I think we are uh we're 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 doing fine. We're we're allowed to the odd slip up now and again. Um okay, so I think that brings us to the end of our guilty pleasure. Um just one last thing. Um we are going to try and decide which film we're all going to watch for next time. So um, we kind of had a chat last time about maybe looking back and looking at maybe different decades and and choosing a film from a a decade gone by, a different era of cinema almost. Um, So on our last uh, podcast, Dan, we cast each other away to Isolation Island. um, And one of James's choices was It's a Wonderful Life. And one of mine was Casablanca, um, both films from the 1940s. So it would make sense that we start at the 1940s and by next podcast, we're all going to watch either It's a Wonderful Life or Casablanca. So we just need to decide which one of those two we're going to go for. So what do we think? Uh, I might have a way to easily decide this. Go on. 
truth be told, I've never seen Casablanca. Oh, well, there you go. So, well, yeah, James, is that, yeah. are you... Yeah, I'm... There I'm we go. To, I, think, I also think I've seen... I've probably seen... Well, yeah, I've definitely seen It's a Wonderful Life more than Casablanca. I've seen it more more sure. recently than Casablanca as well, so I'd be happy to... Well, my wife has never seen Casablanca oh, well, as then. well, which is what... I, I was going to use that as, a, as my way in, so... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so if we can go for... We're going to watch Casablanca, and um, Rich, if you're out there, <laughs> um, Rich, you've got to watch Casablanca. And more importantly, Elaine, who is Rich's mum, we are educating him, so uh, he will know who Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman are by the end of our next podcast. So, all that remains is for me to say thank you very much to Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dave. And thank you very much to James. Thank you, Dave. And a a pleasure as always, gentlemen, and we will be back. Uh, next week with part four of the Snoot Yusha podcast and if you're looking for a bit of film trivia look out for the Snoot Yusha film quiz which will be Monday nights at eight o'clock and please check out the snootyushers.wordpress.com um, I'll be sticking some old articles on there from our archive uh, stuck a couple of new ones on there today so if you want to go and have a look we would very much appreciate it um, and Anything you want to tell us, if you get in touch through our various social media outlets, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, we're on all of those platforms. And please drop us a line. So thank you very much and good night, folks. This is kind of what it's like teaching my grandma how to use her mobile. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't changed when it comes to stuff like that.